welcome to In Conversation. My name is Madison Everett, and I'm here with Ava McCoy, who you can go ahead and introduce yourself and who you are. All right. Hey, guys. What's up? My name's Ava McCoy. I'm a singer-songwriter, um, originally from New York City, and I'm currently a student at Berklee College of Music in Boston. Um, I'm in the middle of recording a full-length album, and it's one of my first projects. And... Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and just talk to Maddie here, get to know her better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's kind of what I want to get into with you, at least. It's like, you're mm -hmm. from New York City. And yeah. have you been there your entire life? Yeah, born and raised. I um, My parents moved there from Oregon. They were high school sweethearts. And um, my dad was offered a job in the finance world there, and they moved out there. And um, yeah, I was raised in a crazy environment. I went to private school my whole life. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it was really one of the craziest places to grow up. And I think that it's made me entirely who I am today. I think I would be a completely different person if it wasn't for New York. Yeah. Now, how was that like, because I guess it's the same kind of thing with, I mean, I wasn't there, but like I grew up outside of it and now I go to school in Montclair so I'm literally like I see it from my from my room every day and it's it was so strange for me when all of this kind of happened this year as and especially for you I can imagine too um as someone who I was there all the time you know like mm -hmm. you you develop this this look of the city and, and how it is and how like people who don't like I have friends of mine who have never been and like I try to describe it to them before all this happened and I was like you know you walk on the street and there's never not someone going somewhere or taxi or like taxis or whatever so for you how was that transition of like seeing it become what it was through the coronavirus because were you there all summer or were so you still I Boston? actually I haven't been I okay I was only in New York for three days this whole summer um, and I was in Oregon actually because I had flown out west for my brother's wedding in March. He was supposed to get married the week after everything got crazy. And so I flew out there with a bag of clothes for Southern California. Um, and I only packed for a week. And we showed up and then all of a sudden there was talk of going under martial law and shelter in place and everything. And so my mom and I kind of freaked out and we were like, what are we going to do? We're stuck on the West Coast. My cat is at home in New York. All my stuff is in my apartment in Boston. Yeah. So I actually ended up spending three months at a fam. Like my whole family shares this house in the mountains in Oregon. So I was actually there for, yeah, about three months. Um, and I was doing school there. And I didn't see anyone but my mom and her boyfriend. And um, it was one of the most rewarding experiences, though. And as someone from New York, being in that kind of captivity and knowing absolutely no one near me within like two hours of me, I didn't know a single person. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it was really eye opening. And then going back to New York after that it was kind of things were starting to get back to normal. And, you know, I was eating at restaurants outside and stuff, but it was so sad seeing everything from my friends there at least while everything was shut down and yeah seeing the empty streets and it was really awesome to see the subways getting cleaned though that that is long overdue like they yeah. should have been doing that <laughs> forever <laughs> um, yeah so there are certain things about it that i think are, are really positive changes but of course like my mom's from well no we live in queens my mom and i live in queens and and that was the borough that was hit the hardest initially and it was really hard seeing a community that I'm not super involved in the community there, but just where I live and, and the people I've met there and all the cultures that I know are there, it was so hard to watch all that go down and see the numbers go up. And um, I don't know, New York just, when I was there, it definitely felt different. Something about it felt different, but I also think that a lot of clarity has come out of it and that a lot of the, discrepancies within the city they're finally shining a light on it and um I don't know I think that there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this and that a lot of people I don't know I, I just feel like the the cultures that have always been there are going to get are going to get another chance to kind of flourish in a different way yeah. um 
Yeah, just it's funny that you mentioned that too, because I remember, oh my gosh, probably back in like March, maybe before that, we had all kind of we all got like on a Zoom call together. I don't know who yeah. was in it, but I remember like to you saying that you were like in Oregon, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, and I didn't know that you were from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy how we were all like, even with my friend group that I have at school, we literally within like a matter of a couple weeks were dispersed across the country, and like. Yeah. That was such a strange thing, I imagine, for Berkeley, too. Because, like, I mean, here it's not too much of an international school, but there's a lot of kids that, I guess, come from different states. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, like, I remember my my process with it was, like, spring break, which was, like, March 5th for us. Um, In a matter of, like, a week, I was supposed to go to California. And that got canceled. And then in a matter of those two weeks, I was in PA, And then it was like school got canceled and then I got shipped home. They were like, you have to get off campus. And it was this weird, like strange process, but we talked about it in like our podcast episode yesterday. And I can imagine it's kind of the same with you, which is something I wanted to get into, but like having kind of like, I was someone before all this that I needed a schedule. Like I loved being busy. I loved going places like I was in the city a lot like I was doing stuff with work or whatever and like having that consistency and like always having a place to be was what I flourished off of and I never I guess now looking back at it where we are right now I never realized that I needed to take some time to myself to like figure out like what I was doing and what I actually wanted and like I think that was the most beneficial thing is like, you know, where I live at home in in New Jersey isn't necessarily like in the middle of nowhere, but it's Mm -hmm. more suburban than it is where I live right now. And like going home and having probably for the first time since high school, having time to like actually just be at home Mm -hmm. and like be back in a place that felt so foreign was healing in a way. So I think for you too, like, that's like what I want to get into is, you know, I kind of took a step back because where I am and and with you in the city, like you're surrounded by so much movement all the time and that gets distracting. And like I said in the last podcast, I was like, I think right now in my life, like I'm the most in tune with who I am Mm -hmm. than I really ever have been. And like, I have to kind of look at the situation as beneficial in that sense of like, it forced me to slow down and also like appreciate things around me that I was too busy for beforehand. Mm, So with you with like Oregon and stuff, kind of being completely removed from that environment, especially being an artist, like what was that like for you? Like how did that affect you? Yeah. Well, it actually led to me releasing a single and I didn't really, before all this happened, I was really struggling with, forming an idea for myself in terms of the music I want to put out and the image I want to portray and um, just creatively like how I, I want to express myself and I I've always written songs I've always struggled to kind of solidify the style that I want to go into and I really found that the alone time I was having and being surrounded by nature and just having time to hang out with myself in that way it really, I don't know, it just opened me up to a completely different way of thinking about myself. And I started realizing what I've been doing in the past that's held me back from moving forward and how I can change that and how I haven't maybe practiced something enough that I've always wanted to work on. And now I have the time to really focus on learning new guitar chords. And I um, I started getting really into the recording process and just trying to record little songs here and there and not take it too seriously, but just get more experience. And I, I found that without the distractions of my social life and a city, whether it be Boston or New York, I was able to finally focus on me for what felt like the first time. And yeah. that, that's kind of crazy to say, but I mean, I went to boarding school for high school in upstate New York because I was completely overwhelmed by New York by the time I reached high school. Mm -hmm. I was not doing well academically. I I just felt like I needed to be somewhere remote. So I've had experiences in remote places, but even then you're in a bubble with 300 kids. I went to a really small school and your schedule is laid out for you. 
And so creatively, I was zapped. I wasn't making music in high school. And so I kind of felt like I had to put a pause on that from leaving New York in, you know, up to eighth grade. I, I was playing music. I was in bands. I was, I was gigging in the city and then going to high school, focusing on school, being forced to do organized sports barely playing music throughout the week like I played hockey in high school okay and like now I go to music school so weird (laughs) and and so then I was able to kind of pick up and think okay I've grown in these ways I've learned this this and this in high school I got really into art history if I wasn't doing music I would be in school for that um so I definitely grew intellectually but I it gave me an opportunity to check in with myself without the influence of Berkeley's amazing student body um because it's so hard to not compare yourself in an artistic setting and and that goes for everything but especially within a music school i was just having such a hard time not focusing on those around me and what they're doing right and what i'm not doing right and so it just gave me an opportunity to to slow down and process everything that i have had to deal with um and put that into songs and then also think about the influences I'm trying to draw from because for a while growing up I I played folk and Americana music and my dad is a kind of a bluegrass country guy um, and he plays music too and I always rejected it because I was like I want to be different than my dad I want to sing R&B or I don't know I was always trying to do something different than that but I being surrounded by horses and mountains and being in the high desert I was like this is the time for me to tap into my folky background. This is the time for me to practice that style of guitar and just nerd out on that stuff. And so I really found myself spending time listening to music and listening to, oh, you know, I could borrow something from that. I really like what they did, adding harmonica in that part. I have harmonica on almost all of my songs on my album now, and I would have never done that a year ago. So it's it really helped me connect to my roots because my whole family's from out west, mm-hmm. and it gave me an opportunity to really slow down, I think, and um, assess my priorities. And I also, I always had long hair before quarantine, and I was like, I'm Same. never cutting my hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then my mom in like a kitchen chair in in our kitchen just chopped it all off and it felt really symbolic and I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to do it but her but yeah yeah yeah, it just led to me making crazy decisions and being like you know what screw it I'm putting out a single I don't even have a plan for what I'm doing after this this is just life is too short you know yeah oh I feel that so much yeah and it's like even outside of coronavirus like putting that completely aside it's like being because I turned 21 in May of this year, but Mm -hmm. in general, like between my junior and senior year, which I'm in right now, like we're literally the two most formative years of my life. Like it's crazy how, and that's like me and my friends kind of talk about it. Like me and my roommates, we, we talk about sometimes how I have a lot of sympathy for freshmen in high school, seniors in high school and freshmen in college. It's Mm -hmm. like, I look at who I was and like, you know, it sounds strange, but like, I guess every kind of artist kind of thinks this way, but like ever since I was young, I was like, mm, I want to get out of here. Like, I don't, I don't really fit with these kids. Like, I don't know like who I am. Like, I know I'm thinking differently. And like, I got to high school and I was still like very confused, but I got to experience those things. And then what I was getting to is like me and my roommates, we talk about all the time how formative college was, you know, mm-hmm. like even if you're in an art school or a business school or, you know, like, I studied common media and like literally just coming to college and like having that experience of like moving away from home and having that, like, I'm only an hour and a half, but like, I feel like I'm in a different world when I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, within the past two years, having that experience to kind of like figure myself out in almost every aspect of my life and to look who I am now, like, you know, you were saying about cutting your hair, like, my whole life I had hair down to like my waist and I didn't know anything different. And in high school, like I had a little blip where I was like cutting and dyeing it, but it never got shorter than like my bra line. And, and then, uh, December of last year, I think I just got to this point where, you know, 2019 for me in general was such a formative year, Mm. you know, between like figuring out my sexuality, figuring out who my friends were, like what I wanted to do in life. And, you know, I owe a lot to that, but, 
I remember in December thinking to myself, I was like, I had broken my collarbone (laughs) in November. And that's where it first started. So I was like, I was sending pictures, I was seeing a lot of pictures of people with short hair and I was sending it to my friends and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to like cut it when I cut my sling off, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing it. And like, for me, at least it was like the person that I had seen in my head for so long was like in front of me, like looking in the mirror back at me. And I was like, what? And that was a crazy moment for me because, you know, all these years I had kind of been living this life that like I thought I wanted to. And then in a weird way, by cutting my hair, it was such a cathartic experience of like cutting away that old person and like entering this new one. Um, and it all happens like at different times. Like you had it happen this summer, mine was last year, but it was weird because then we entered this weird year. And like, honestly, the person that I was at the time of cutting my hair last year opened me up to the person that I am right now. And like, that is my short hair life. And like, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, like hearing about Oregon and everything. And, and you released Moat while you were in quarantine, correct? That was like back earlier this year. Yeah. Was that process, was that writing process something that you had done while you were in Oregon or was that something you had written beforehand? It's actually crazy. I wrote that song in October of 2019 and I recorded it really poorly onto my laptop because I was just getting into self-recording and trying to experiment with that. And I recorded it and I forgot what I had used for the tuning on my guitar. I do that so often. I'm always changing up tunings and then I don't write them down and then I have a great idea and I can't get back to it. So I recorded it, made the song. It kind of gave me like Elliot Smith vibes at the time who I listen to all the time. He's one of my biggest influences. And um, I I let it sit for a while. I didn't add on to it. I basically just had the first verse and pre-chorus. And it was like that for five months. And then come March, I decided to revisit some of my old projects. And I had been trying for the longest time to figure out what chords I had been playing. But for whatever reason, right when I was in quarantine, I picked it up like that. And I think it's just because I was I was completely in my own head. I felt like myself. I felt grounded. And I... I don't know, I was just able to sit down and really think back on what my pro- my thinking process would have been when writing that song in October. And I was in a really weird, bad place starting a sophomore year of college. I just was sitting in my room all the time and reading and like not socializing and trying to write songs and just trying to figure myself out. And so revisiting that in a time that felt so unfamiliar and so unknown and not being able to plan ahead in the ways that we've always planned ahead and and knowing that I might not be able to see friends for months and that I'm across the country from them and everything. I don't know. It it just, I saw the song in a completely new light and the song is kind of just about me protecting myself in my own little world and being really content in being alone. And it applied so much more in that setting. Um, and so it just kind of felt like it was meant to happen in that time and I um I don't know it just it just kind of it just kind of came to me and then I was able to add on to it and I sat down and recorded the whole thing in 40 minutes sent it to my friend he mixed it mastered it and I was like screw it I'm putting this out um and yeah so I don't know it just it just kind of happened <laughs> yeah no and it's it's funny how like you mentioned like revisiting old projects and stuff because like <clears throat> I do like I do my photography and like Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, like even now, I mean, with what I'm doing, like I don't really call myself a photographer, but it's something that I love to do. And it's like, same kind of thing is, you know, for so long I had been shooting digital and I wasn't happy with it. I was like always editing. I was always judging what I was doing. And then I got into film and I had done that for like a chunk of two years because it offered me the opportunity to, you know, I knew I had limited amount of frames and it, made me kind of look at what I was taking a picture of more so than like wasting it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, this year I had taken a film photography class and that was great. You know, I was able to have the dark room and we would go in and do that kind of stuff. And then obviously when this happened, I was forced to go back to digital because I didn't have that outlet anymore. And like, it was crazy because 
you know, I kind of looked at my work in a different light, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I think that was with a lot of people and like you revisiting your old projects is I kind of had the opportunity given to me where I was able to look at like, why am I taking photographs? Like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? And like, what do I love about it? And like, it's, it's so interesting how, you know, in different art mediums, we all kind of like access it and put it out in a different way. Like with songwriters, you're writing, like with photographers, it's like you're taking pictures and capturing those moments. Um, But for me, I kind of came to this conclusion and especially throughout the summer, like where I am right now, where I've just taken pictures of moments. And Mm -hmm. like, when we began quarantine, I don't think I really realized it. And then my friend invited me, like the first trip that I went on, was in May and I went down to Virginia to go visit one of my good friends. And like, that was the first time I had left the state in mm-hmm. almost like two months. And that was so strange to me. Um, and I remember going down there and just starting to take pictures of things. And like, I did that all summer. Like I would just, if I was with my friends or we were at a fire or like someone was laughing or whatever, I would just take pictures. And it's, it's crazy how even that was just months ago, not even years. And they seem like lifetimes ago, mm-hmm. like back in March. And I think that's how everybody kind of is right now. It's like, we're in October, but we feel like we're mentally still like in May, yeah. <laughs> like in March. Um, but that was, that was something that I really enjoyed out of all this. And I can imagine as like a singer songwriter too, and a musician, like you kind of were able to tap into a different side of what you love to do mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't have before. And like, like I posted the other day about how I'm kind of doing photo journals now of like life lately. And I've just been every single day, if I find something that's pretty or like as the seasons change, I'm taking pictures and I'm able to edit them. And I realize that like years from now, I'm going to have this like capsule of things to look back on and like these memories to kind of tap into, even if it's just in two dimensional form. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it's a strange thing, but I think also like, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on at home and like we're selling my child at home. And I think mm-hmm. that was a big thing this summer too, was realizing that the time that I was getting at home and the time that I was getting in the streets of my neighborhood that I had skated my whole life and been around my whole life. And the people that were my neighbors were limited, if that makes sense. Like that was a really big light bulb for me to be like, wow, like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't think I've really processed what that did to me yet. But like knowing that a place that I thought was so stable is going to be gone at some point made me kind of look at life differently and appreciate where I was and the time that I was spending in a, I slowed down, you know, I always wanted to be away from home. Whereas now I was like, let me sleep in, let me make breakfast with my mom. Let me go sit outside and read, or like, let me go swim in the pool or something like that stuff that before this year, I was just like, ugh, like, I want to go, like, I want to be with my friends. And yeah. Yeah. Like I want to be home. So I can imagine like, you know, especially with Moat and stuff, like, it, it's cool to hear that you tapped back into old projects because you, like, one, you had the time, but also it's strange how we get brought back to feelings and brought back to projects when they're supposed to be done and when they're supposed to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, did you have any, like, major things that you kind of realized within quarantine and even just within your own life throughout all of this? Yeah, I definitely, what, what you said earlier about, for you for with photography and and thinking about why do I do photography what do I love about it I feel like with me with for music and I'm sure you feel this too it's you you always think you know the answer to those questions um but then when you actually have to sit down and really think about it and when you have the opportunity to spend time thinking about that it it's really hard. And I had to do that for a project the other day in school where in my um, artist entrepreneur class, we have to write about where do you see yourself in seven to 10 years? And you think in your head, like, Oh, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be in New York and I'll, I'll be playing music. And it's like, no, I actually have to write down where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing, who I want to know, the kinds of people that are going to be listening to my music, where they're from, what they like to do, where they spend their money, like just all these things that you really Think that you know the answers to and and I think I don't know I think quarantine 
really it really made my relationship with my mom especially a lot stronger especially after being away um, for high school i missed out on a lot of special moments with my parents and i'd only see them once a month or so i'd go and visit them and thankfully i lived close to new york when i was in high school so i could see them often but i really found myself opening up to my loved ones in a new way i felt way more comfortable um, being really honest with them about where I was at creatively and wh where I was struggling in school. Like if, because I know, I'm sure for you too, going into online school and transitioning into that was such a slap in the face. And it was so horrible <laughs> for Especially a long time. In music school too, I can't imagine, you know. It was crazy. And and I I just remember, you know, the ensemble I was in, I was in a Sam Cooke, Tina Turner, Otis Redding ensemble, and that's some of my favorite music, old Motown stuff. And um, we were just starting to get a really good flow going. And we were a few weeks away from having a live show and it all got shut down. And then we had to, we it basically turned into a production class online. And mm -hmm. it just felt weird to see all these familiar faces in that setting and know that we were all feeling the same thing and that there's not much that we can do about it. And also only being like a couple weeks in to quarantine and knowing like, okay, I could have six months of this still. I could have a year of this still, you know, just the unknown. I've gotten really comfortable with the unknown and I've gotten really comfortable with living day by day and that was something that was so hard for me before i was like oh, i need to know where i'm going to be a month from now and what i'm going to be doing and who i'm going to be hanging out with it's like no this is just the time to let things come to you and to be safe and to appreciate the people that are in your life and also try and facilitate new relationships in this weird very strange new platform that we're all on um but I don't know, I, I feel like I have just gained a new perspective and I don't feel as rushed to do things. And I also am just really trying to enjoy every second of this time as much as I can, even though there's so much pain and sadness and horrible things going on in the world, mm -hmm. trying to see it for what it is and, and acknowledge the fact that I have the time to think about my future and I have time to really plan out a live music tour in the future because I you know in in the normal times <laughs> um, I would have put out this album and hopefully had a tour lined up who knows when that's going to be now live music is such a big part of what we do as musicians and it's so weird to think that I'm not going to be able to connect with people in that way moving forward. But I'm also seeing it as a blessing because now and for you too, this is the time for us to really just sit down and think about who do I want to be as an artist? How do I want to represent myself? Who inspires me? Who is using this time for good? And, um, and also just with all the social justice going on, how can I how can I bring that into my own life and make it a core value of mine before everything? I wasn't thinking about wanting to have a nonprofit moving forward, but that's something that I would love to do eventually. And I don't know where I would want that to go necessarily and for whom, but I just know that I want to give back in some way. I want to be really involved in a community, whether it be where I live or within a musical genre, or I don't know, just within my my friends and the people who I make music with because we all are kind of on a very similar wavelength with certain things and so I'm I'm starting to think way it's weird I'm thinking a lot about myself but I'm also thinking a lot more about the greater good and about how I can better facilitate those in my life and support them and how we can all band together to do something really great and not just for ourselves but for everyone you know and yeah. it's not that I didn't care about that it's just that now it's it just feels way more fundamental to the way that I live and just educating myself the past few months and, and trying to be aware of everything that's going on um 
it's just really opened my eyes and I'm sure you can relate. Yeah, no, and it's funny, like literally you mentioned three things in there that I wanted to touch on so bad and it's cool yeah. you brought them up, but yeah, like you'd mentioned that you started to be okay with day to day and like, mm-hmm. That is something that I relate to so much. And I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast is like, you know, before this, like I always wanted to, I always wanted more. I think as humans, like we always want more. We want to know where we're going to be. We're going to, it's almost like we're not happy with the unknown. And it's like, the unknown didn't exist. It was just like, we needed to be a certain place or we needed to meet people or like fall in love. I want to do that right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that quarantine taught me. And I don't think I realized it until probably about like a month or so ago when opportunities started showing up. But I was like, I, at this moment, am honestly so content. Like, and people kind of like, I say that my, my two words that I use a lot lately are like comfortable and content. Mm-hmm. And like people take those as negative sometimes as like, you're comfortable. So you don't want anything else for yourself. And it's like, No, it's just where I am. Like I have become and accepted the fact that where I am, who I'm with and what I'm doing is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, who I'm supposed to be with and where I'm supposed to be right now Mm -hmm. at my age in this year. And it's like, that is something that I don't think I could have looked in the mirror and told myself a few months ago, you know, and like being okay with now rather than the future has benefited my life in so many ways because it's like, I just feel lighter. Like I just feel like I don't have so much pressure on myself to be a certain way or be something that I don't need to be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I kind of think about it too. Like, you know, the things that I want and the things that I think about in my head, like for you, like being on tour and releasing an album, like for me, like, I guess people might not know about my Instagram, but it's like, I love music. Like I want to work in music business. Like that is my passion. And it's like the things that I kind of manifest in my head every day. Like I know for a fact I will get there and I will achieve those things, but I don't need them right now. You know, like when they're supposed to happen, they'll happen at the right time. And that acceptance is a weird thing, but it's good. And like, I'm happy that you kind of, realize that and realize that like stuff takes time and and you're working at the pace you should be working at. And, you know, I like that we've both realized that. And I I hope a lot of people have too. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you mentioned, um, with live music, like with my internship right now, like one of the things that we kind of talked about is like where the music industry is headed. And for me, I was vocal about it with my friends the other day. I was like, Yes, I care about where it's headed, but the one thing I do not want to die is I don't want live music to die mm-hmm. because, you know, and I don't think that it will, but there's that, there's a little bit of fear of like, we have so much technology and innovation right now. Like, what are we going to do with it? Especially because mm-hmm. we have so much that we could. And um, I thought about it and I was like, for people who are musicians, for people who are literally just fans in a crowd and may not know one chord that's still such a healing experience for them. Oh my God, yeah. Like, I can't even tell you how many concerts I've been to where every aspect of my life drops away for those two hours and I leave a different person. Like, I have friends of mine who struggle with anxiety and and depression and stuff like that and concerts to them were a coping mechanism and not in a bad way. In a way that like, you know, I look at, even for you, even with anybody who's interested in music or loves music, we all kind of use it as a journal, as a therapy session. And it's like, you know, with all the artists or a lot of artists that released this year, like specifically um, Phoebe Bridger's album, like that's for me, like I may never meet these people. I may never speak to them. (laughs) They may never even know who I am, Mm -hmm. but we are having that silent conversation through their music where you are having that conversation with me and I may never meet you and it's healing me. And like that to me is concert is like, or the concert setting is, is, you know, you releasing this music and like with the period that we're at right now is like, we're listening so much. We're having so much, you know, to take in and to listen to and consume. And it's like the concerts are those cathartic experiences of like, 
being the face in the crowd, but being in the same room as the person who is soundtracking your life. Yeah. And that's what I love about concerts is like, you know, I'm, I'm in this space with you and like music and like what you did for me. And like, you may never realize it, but it's like, I'm here right now and I'm able to sing these words and like, um, uh, I'll have to send it to you like aside from this, but you know, the 1975 is one of my favorite bands mm -hmm. and like they performed at the O2 arena back in 2016 and they have like the whole performance was recorded on Vivo online and like one of their songs, Loving Someone, which I just love the lyricism in it. If you listen to the live version of it, even if you weren't there and like you are hearing it still, literally I can hear everybody in that room screaming those lyrics and something is being released. Oh, wow. And it's just like, I have to send it to you because I know you'd appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my kind of thing is like, and I think for any music lover is like, I have to look at concerts in that sense of like, if I can fight for it, like I, we need tours, we need concerts, we need that connection with fans still. Um, and then you kind of mentioned about your nonprofit and like wanting to start one of those. And like, it's funny that from being in quarantine, I kind of came to that same realization of like, damn, like I would love to do some kind of organization or nonprofit. And I think for me, I would want to do something that really instills arts in the schools. Mm -hmm. and like, I don't know what yep. I'm right. Right. I wrote about like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I don't know when I would do it or what I would do or like who would I involve or anything, but you know, my one friend said to kind of like have a rough, like five, 10 year plan. And I thought about it and I was like, maybe not even in 10 years, but when I have the funds to do so, I would love to, to start some kind of organization where I can bring and instill arts in schools, whether they have them or whether they don't, you know, the reason I kind of thought about that is because, you know, in my school, like Montclair, I mean, we have everything, but it's like, we're a big art school as well. And like my one friend's a fine arts major. And this year they took away because the, the state funding went away, the budgets for having free Adobe accounts got cut out all the kids who need painting materials, all the kids who need pottery materials, they no longer have it. They have to pay for it themselves. And my one friend, like, she's like, I'm living in an apartment. I have bills to pay and I can't pay for my pottery stuff. And I have a degree to get, and it's like hearing her say that to me, I was like, wow, mm -hmm. like I could help that. Maybe not right now, but in the future, that could be an opportunity for me to be like, no, I have extra money. Let me start an organization where we can get kids those materials, mm -hmm. any race, any background, whatever, be able to offer them that. Um, and, and that kind of leads into like the social justice of this year, which was a great segue too, is like, my mom's a teacher and she's not a teacher in like, I guess a low income area, but she gets a lot of kids who are overflow from like different, cause we live by Trenton, which is not, I guess the best area. Mm -hmm. um, but we get a lot of kids who are overflow from there who come from backgrounds that are not the best. Um, and you know, my mom always talks about how like when they were in person in school, it was amazing to see these kids be able to escape and get away from their family life and have a place where they felt safe mm -hmm. and a place where they felt they were included and they had friends and they had materials and like teachers would bring them clothing. And like that to me is like, you know, what it's all about, you know? Right. And I, I feel bad in the sense where we don't have those in-person classes anymore. Cause you have kids who are stuck at home and don't get those materials and don't maybe have a laptop to to tune in and it's like that to me is if I can ever because I think that was a big thing I struggled with is like if I'm not a musician and I'm not healing in that sense like what other ways could I tap into that and like starting some kind of nonprofit organization or like some school or space where kids could come and express themselves is is so important and like mm -hmm. I told my dad I said think about it like when you were younger and in like elementary school what did you do when you were taking a break you would draw you would write you would paint because art is therapy and like being able to give kids that opportunity even if they're not interested in art but just allow them a space to be like yeah if you want to come like paint 
you can. Yeah, if you want to play the drums or, yeah. Yeah, it's like, come and do it. And like, you know, even if they're not interested in music, that could open the door for them to tap on the drums for a while and just be like, wow, this is really cool. And who knows, 15 years from now, maybe that kid can come back to you or send you an email and be like, hey, just want to let you know, like your organization really changed my life. Like Mm -hmm. I'm now a drummer. Like, you know, I'll close, like I'll close my statement with this, but like I had a sophomore year and I talk about this, any of my friends like know this because I don't shut up about it, but like sophomore year I had taken, I had a gen ed to fill and I was like, like, what am I going to take? So I found this class that was called um, rap and rock phenomena, like culture. And I was like, okay, like, that sounds fun. Like, I like music. And at the time, I didn't want to do it as a career because I was like, well, I don't know. And I took it. And it was a three-hour course, one day a week. And, like, I went first day. And this guy walks in. He's got, like, a big afro. He's, like, this cool dude. His name's Valazoli. And he comes in and he's like, yeah, like, I used to be the CEO of Atlantic Records and, like, all this kind of stuff. And immediately I was like, oh. (laughs) So I was like, oh, cool. Like, whoa. And then I left that class and was immediately like, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Wow. And he said, he came in and after he introduced himself, he said that I am not going to make this hard for you guys because if I make it hard, you're not going to learn. And he backed it up with saying that he was in retirement and they called him and said like, Hey, would you want to do a professor job? And at first he was like, I'm retired. But then he was like, I love what I do so much that I would love to be able to push that and, and show kids my passion. And for the rest of my life, I am so in depth to that guy because, and we keep in touch. And I always tell him that because I'm like, you are the reason that I'm where I'm at right now. And like that kind of loops back around to being a part of that nonprofit is like, if I'm able to start something or be offered the position to teach I would love it because it's like, I'm able to take what I love and what I'm so passionate about and show kids that. And I think to me, like one of my main goals in life is to have changed someone's life. And like, I I can't imagine the feeling that he must've had or teachers have or, or organization runners getting emails from people saying like, this changed my life or this helped me. And like, yeah, so I, I 100% am so with you on that. And like, who knows, maybe we'll end up <laughs> working with each other on something. Dude, we both want to do it for kids in school. Like, let's yeah. talk, <laughs> you know? I, I'm so about that. I'm so about that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know. Like, that was such a rant, but I get so excited about those things because it's so important. And like, yeah. we don't realize it, but being in the positions that we are and like, you know, especially with the technology we have right now, like you could start a platform right now for free, like online. It's just like, how do I go about it? And like, that is the whole reason that we really started Night X. Like I joined later on, but my business partner, Drena, like she started this whole thing to give artists a platform and not have to go through 15 emails and 15 managers and like corporate and whatever to get like a GQ interview or something like that. Like we wanted a platform that we could easily get DM'd, easily get emailed and just be like, Hey, I want to share my photos or like, Hey, I want to share my music and have that platform and have them be published. Right. And that's, what's been so amazing and made me so proud of like building relationships like this and like making connections and friends. It's like, you know, I'm helping them have a platform to share their thoughts and ideas and art. Mm -hmm. But also it's like, I get to make, friends in the process and like meet these wonderful human beings that I would have never known if they wouldn't have DM'd us or talked to us or emailed or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that you want to do that. And like, yeah, I mean, you look at all the influences that we had growing up, like whether it was music or whatever was by someone or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it's funny. It's just like, I came to that realization. I was like, yeah, I want to start like a nonprofit or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think a lot of it too is, you know, you were talking earlier too about like this whole situation kind of made you realize like, I would have never thought about this before. And it's like, it's true. Like when we went through that whole, like when the black lives matter thing happened, 
that was a big eye opener for me because it was like, you're right. Like I always thought about it before. And like, I have friends of mine that like are of color and whatever, and I never saw them differently. But when you're presented with that right in your face of like racism and all this kind of stuff and what's going on, it like really opened my eyes to like, damn, what can I do? Like, what am I not doing? Um, and like, what am I able to share? Um, and that was a big part of what we're doing as well here is like, you know, getting that inclusivity and the diversity between the artists and having them have a platform. Like my one friend, Dean, like we talked a few weeks ago and I gave him the platform to just be like, you're a black man. I want to hear your thoughts. He, you live in the city. Like, what did you go through? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to like segue off of that, but yeah, like that was a big thing for me is, you know, learning more about the world through a lot of this too. And like, what are ways that in the future, in my generation, can we do to improve and to get better? Because right. um, my dad, you know, he always says like, I'm on my way out. Mm -hmm. Like he's not dying yet, but he's like, this is not my fight. This is yours. And it's your opportunity to change it. And your generation's opportunity to be like, this isn't right. Yeah. And that's, I think what I'm so proud of my friends and like my generation for is the fact that we're waking up, like we're really waking up to, you know, like throughout our lifetime, like, you know, the LGBT community, like, or LGBTQ plus, like, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm not afraid to be who I am and to express mm -hmm. myself and whatever. And it's because there's that comfortability level of like the people around me and the people that I don't even know aren't going to look at me strange anymore because it's like, this is normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what we're starting to get into with people of color and like minorities and like immigrants and stuff is not seeing them as different either. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I had to do a project the other day in one of my classes that was about diversity in the workplace. And it was an opportunity for us to pitch it to like, a team or like a company and that was so cool to work on because I was like wow I love that we're having these conversations now of like wow it's just a bunch of white guys in a room together like that's we got to get something in there that's different yeah. um so yeah I mean like I don't know like your thoughts on it and stuff but I know I've followed you on social media for a while and you've spoken out a lot about it whether it's on your uh Instagram stories or you've just posted and spoke out so yeah yeah it's definitely I think now I'm just tired of being complacent and I think I'm tired of people around me being complacent and just being comfortable with our situation and comfortable with our immediate reality and I mean this has been going on forever and I think that people see this year as so horrible because now everything nasty is on display. It's all been here. We've just been able to ignore it in a different way for the longest time. And, I, and I'm so happy that, and it sucks, like it, it absolutely sucks, but I'm so happy that we're growing into a world like this and that we're the youth right now and that we're able to use our voices for good. And, you know, and, and I think it's really awesome now that people also are being so outward about who they support and what they support. It's so day and night now. Like, you know who your friends are and who your friends aren't. And yes. Yeah. And, and just being able to have tough conversations with the people you love. Like, I've talked to my grandma about, because I, I come from a long, long line of um, settlers, pioneers in the state of Oregon. Yeah. My family literally like established the state, you know, but there was so much horrible genocide of the indigenous people in America going on during that time. And it was something that my brother and I wanted to talk to her about. And it became a really fiery conversation in my family, but it's something that needed to happen. Like we all knew that this was a part of our history and none of us were, were ever have acknowledged the fact that we might've participated, that my family might've participated in something like that. And it's, you know, and, and she got really, she would get very defensive and it, it, it got really, really fiery at times, but I was just so proud of her for being open to it. And I was proud of 
my dad and my mom also being involved and, and, you know, wanting to have their voices heard. And my brother's wife, like she has been very vocal about all of this too. And I think that she was really the driving force for everything. So just seeing, seeing these conversations happen that should have happened so long ago, it really is making me very optimistic. Um, and you know, there's still so much work to do, but I just think having these hard conversations and admitting to your mistakes in terms of people of other race or religion or, you know, socioeconomic status, I, I just think it's now more than ever, we have the time to educate ourselves. So we might as well, and we might as well have these tough conversations and just be open to change. And I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm starting to feel really excited about the future rather than dreading it. And I do think that there is a lot of work to do in terms of climate change. And that is a whole other conversation, but <laughs> I do true. think that, um, I don't know. I think that, I think that the people that I know, at least in my direct circle are doing some really good work and mm -hmm. a lot of it is slowed down, but the people that are near me are still going and I'm really proud of that. And I'm just, excited to be a part of this generation and a part of the conversation and yeah i just i just want to support everyone around me and be a part of these conversations more yeah absolutely now with your album because you'd mentioned that and like we're kind of like i'm gonna wrap it up soon but yeah. with your album that you have the writing process do you find that a lot of it now had you started writing your album like a year ago or is a lot of the writing and songs that are going to be on it influenced a lot from what's going on this year? So a lot of them I wrote more, I'm looking at the song list right now, a lot of them I wrote um, more recently. Some of them I just sat down and I and I would have one idea and it would just build on itself and I and I actually did that in my dad's basement. Once I came back out to the east coast, I was on the east coast for the whole summer and um, I was just trying to write new stuff. Um, and, and, I, and I do think a lot of what's going on was influencing, not necessarily the words in my songs, but kind of sonically what's happening, mm -hmm. the sounds and everything. I'm just trying to create more of, a, more of a soundscape. I just want my music to feel like a hug. Like I want it to feel very familiar. And I think that we all do that. And I think that, um, I think that previously before everything, I was trying way too hard to like emulate other people. And now I'm just like, screw it. I'm me. This is where the world is at right now. This is what I feel like people need. And I'm not speaking directly about, you know, my sexuality or anything like that necessarily, but because that is something that has been a huge part of the past year for me is like coming to terms with being bi. And, and um, I don't know, I feel like it was more a way for me to process emotions throughout high school and, and leading into college that I just didn't want to deal with and that I was like it's fine I've moved on from that I'm just not going to think about it anymore just like old relationships and old friendships and um th experiences that I had as a kid that were really formative like I have a song that I wrote about going on a hike in Arizona and I basically strayed away from my whole family and walked about 20 steps ahead and I wrote like a whole story in my head and I wrote a song about it and I now that so i started writing that song last year and now that i'm in this state of mind i can see that time in my life so clearly like way more clear than i did before and i i i don't know what to blame for that but i really just think that everyone's thinking a lot harder everyone's thinking a lot more clearly even if it doesn't feel that way and that this was necessary all this was necessary and i think that it's really helping my art feel more genuine and I feel like now I can express myself fully um yeah. and have my voice heard you know and, and I love the platforms that we're able to use and, and they're used in horrible ways at times but I think overall it's like just getting the message across on a broad scale is what's going to make a difference and whether that be through music or sharing a post to my story or how you've been sending me links through DMs, which I love because it's just so direct. It's like, hey, I read this. I found this really cool. I know that you will also find this really cool. Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm just really into, I don't know, just, just open conversations and, and, and trying to feel what I need to 
feel through my music and I don't even know necessarily what I'm trying to feel. All I know is that I just feel a really great sense of a coming together and things might feel really divided, but I do think that this is just weeding out all the ugly yeah. and it's going to be a long and sad and disgusting process, but I, I, it's just so necessary and I, and I'm just trying to look forward to it all. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy that you like mentioned that too, because that's kind of what I was getting at is, is, you know, you're saying like, I want it to feel like a hug and I want it to be that inclusive in like your music and in this album coming out. And I think that as artists, no matter what you're doing is one of the coolest things that we have right now is like coming off of this when we do get back to live concerts and that kind of stuff is that welcoming feeling. Mm -hmm. of like we just came off of this year and it was rough at times and like we went through a lot but like once again you're in this space and like I want my music to touch you in that sense of like you're welcome here and I want you here and that's what I think is such a core value of like mm -hmm. me being an artist that I love so much is like to allow my art to hopefully get to people and have it affect them and like yeah, I'd like that was the thing that I, I was wondering if like you had written a lot from this year and like that's interesting that you have and like you've taken a lot from that because I know like some of the artists that I've talked to that have released albums this year like we're writing it like two years ago. Yeah. And it's crazy how you don't realize I think for the normal person who doesn't really like I guess grasp like making a song or like making an album is it does not take like three weeks. It doesn't take like I mean if you bang it out go ahead but like it's not an easy process and like I'm, I'm so excited to like see the outcome of like what you have to release and like especially knowing and having had this conversation with you and like going back to look at this year because think about it in a way like that is going to be a journal of yours that you shared with the world that you always will have so it's like years from now when you have a husband or a wife or maybe you have kids or whatever you're able to look back and be like i lived through this like mm -hmm. i saw this i i wrote about it and like this was my experience that i was able to share with people um and like i said before it's like having a conversation so like right now like i know you want a different level from having this conversation and it's going to be interesting hearing your work having known this background information and being able to kind of connect the dots Mm -hmm. you know and like even yeah. for other people you know yeah, and seeing your photography now and knowing what it means to you and how you're capturing those moments and how they bring you to a very specific place in time mm -hmm. I I don't know I already love your photography but yeah. that, it's <laughs> you. really gonna it just really solidifies it for me too I feel that yeah so I, yeah that's like the the most important thing is like you know and that's what I was saying earlier about art and like being in different mediums, whether you're a writer or whether you're a printmaker or whatever, it's like, it's all a piece of you in some mm -hmm. sense. And it's a capsule. And like, I, even for me, like years from now, like, I mean, this past year, it was so formative for me because I figured out that I wasn't straight. And I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So and, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, and it's like, that was one thing that I wanted to like touch on too, is the fact that you figured it out and like I figured it out and it's crazy how for once in my life. And I mean, even though mine started more last year, like it was more at the beginning of 2019, like it's taken me a year and a half to be fully comfortable, which sucks to say it sucks to be like, wow, it took me that long, but it has. And like where I'm at right now and how comfortable I am with it. I think a lot was due to the fact that quarantine pushed me into that direction of like, what do you want? Like yeah. what, and it's not even in the aspect of like romance entirely, but that was a lot of it too, is like, you know, I look at my relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic differently now that I'm an adult and like, mm -hmm. yes, I'm not 27, but like, they're not the same as when I was 15. Exactly. And it's more of like, I'm not really getting into something if I'm, you know, just a fling or whether it's like a breakup or something. It's more of like, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? Mm -hmm. Like that was a big thing for me when kind of figuring everything out was like, I mean, for me personally, I was like, I don't want to be with a man for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds so weird to say out loud, but it's literally like oh, it, I feel you. <laughs> it was that realization for me personally. And then it was that long road. And I was like going back and forth because I was like, oh my God, like 
if I'm with this person, I'm going to miss out on this and like all this kind of stuff. And it's still that like limbo, but I've become comfortable and I speak out to that to my friends and it's like, I have a safe space now. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to think too, that like years from now, I'm going to look back at my work and it's not just going to be moments that I lived through, but it's going to be like, wow, I remember what I was going through at that time in my life. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy to see within the pictures that I've taken from last I don't know, fall of 2018 to now, how much I've changed within those photographs. Mm-hmm. Like 2018, I still had my long hair and I was looking back at photos with my long hair and like the way that I dressed and like the way that I dress now has over time changed through my photos. And it's almost like, oh my God. So that's going to be a really cool thing for you, especially with releasing, because this is your first album. Yeah, yeah. I put on EP in high school, but it, I don't know, I just don't really identify with it as much anymore. So I ended up taking it down. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to make like eight or nine songs. And I don't know why I'm doing such a big project. But it just it just is the only thing that feels right to me right now. So that yeah. And that's good. You know, like, I don't think we should shame musicians and stuff who want to just drop an album. Yeah want to drop a single like there was one artist that I talked to his name was Michael and he's from Australia and he was saying that like um he's just releasing EPs he doesn't want to do albums or anything and I was like props to you because I was like going against that industry standard but also that's just what you want to do yeah and we all look at our work in different ways so it's yeah I'm like super excited for you to release your album and and have it be this permanent like moment in time where you'll always be able to look back and be like this is what I was going through these were my thoughts like this is where I put it and like being able to perform that one day is going to be crazy just to be able to like what a whole circle experience that'll be yeah for real so when are you thinking of like dropping or you have no idea yet so I was aiming for like middle of next month but I'm gonna need more time so I'm hoping for either like end of December or January I'm I'm not gonna try and put like an end date but I definitely have a schedule for each song written out in my calendar and I'm just gonna try and chip away at it I'm doing eight classes right now so I'm like yeah <laughs> really overwhelmed but Literally. um yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I kind of feel like I maybe want it to come out around my birthday, which is in January and I'm turning 21 and that just feels really appropriate because it's like I, I survived my 20th year, you know, <laughs> like I can put this out. And, I'm in my 20s now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm in my 20s. Here you go. Here's here's high school. <laughs> and like yeah. first college. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm just letting the process happen and I'm also working on a lot of videos I'm trying to do the videos on my own I'm really just trying to do it pretty much entirely on my own besides all of the very mathematical sound design stuff that I really don't know much about but I'm trying to learn more about but yeah it really is just starting to feel like me the more I work on it every day like and every time I work on a new song I I, I'm getting more consistent with the way that I mix my vocals or um, the, I don't know, just, just the different ways that I've started playing with production. It's just starting to sound more consistent and it's really exciting and, it, and it's starting to run as a more solid, cohesive project rather than just a bunch of separate songs that I'm trying to make sound good together. Like they actually are starting to sound really good and That's awesome. it's just crazy. It's just crazy to see it happen. I never thought I'd be recording all the instruments on a song by myself I've always told myself I can't do that and now I'm doing it and it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this year so I'm just I'm like elated honestly about music and it's such a such a roller coaster like literally yesterday I was sad and I was like I'm I'm illegitimate like I'm not a good musician and I'm like Ava you're recording a whole album like chill out like you're fine you're fine well, I was gonna say I was just gonna add to that is like that's awesome that you always thought you like needed a band or something and now you're doing it entirely by yourself and like that just adds to another element of like when this releases months from the release years from the release you're going to be like I did that all by myself like that was entirely like from my head the sounds that I heard the lyrics that I wanted to hear and that's that's got to be so cool that's that's gonna be such a cool process for you yeah it's been really fun I just I just can't wait to keep going. I'm like already thinking about an EP that I want to put out after this album because I already have songs for that. And it's, 
I don't know, it just keeps growing on itself. And, and that's the creative process. Like, I just don't know what to expect from it. I'm just letting it take me on this ride. And I love meeting people through it. Like getting to meet you through all this is super cool. And I know one day we'll be in New York at the same time. And literally, you know, like it's, it's music has brought me so much into my life. And every day I'm just, I'm more and more grateful for it. And being able to grow as a musician during this time is so rewarding. It's so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I'm so excited for your album release. And like, literally, I mean, the process up till then, I mean, we can like talk about it afterwards too. But um, yeah, like anything that you need or want an outlet or anything, let me know. Like, I, I, again, like I can text you after this, but I work at my radio station. Literally, Mm -hmm. let me know. Like, whether it's even moat, like send me the MP3s for it. Like, yeah get you on the radio you know what I mean like I'm trying to plug anything I can yeah yeah I, I'm even thinking of putting out one of the songs as a single like next month so I'll definitely be in touch with you about that yeah, yeah. yeah. and then, like anything to do with album art or whatever I just like it's one of those things too that like I love making these relationships but I'm always like it doesn't have to be always be professional because like exactly. I definitely it's going to be nice when we're both like in Boston or both in New York at the same time and like actually get to meet each other you know mm-hmm. um but I, yeah, like anything that you would need or want to like promote it or in the process of to help out with, like, let us know, let me know and we awesome. can do whatever. But Yay, thank yeah. you so much. This was so fun. I'm so glad we did this. Right. And <laughs> yeah. that's the whole thing, like as we kind of ended is, yeah, like I just wanted a platform for, you know, we were doing the interviews and it was so short and I felt like I wasn't getting to know the person I was asking questions that everybody kind of wanted to know yeah and like where are you from like what do you do and like opening up to this platform I was like I just want to talk to people I don't Mm -hmm. care what topic we end up on like we could talk about trees and I'm just like whatever (laughs) like it's still something that like no one I didn't know no one would know um right you leave kind of like it didn't feel fleeting it's like oh I've just developed a friendship right exactly so yeah but no I'm glad that you enjoyed it and I really appreciate you coming on and doing this and taking the time of course of course thank you so much again oh my god I could do this all day (laughs) yeah seriously I would dude anytime you want to like FaceTime or something let me know because I could just talk (laughs) same same (laughs) yeah so all right cool well I'll keep you updated with all this but thanks for coming on and I'll, I'll send you those links and stuff uh, yes, please do. Interview. So. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right, well, well, enjoy your day. Thanks for coming on. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>